Welcome to the Talking About Life podcast. I am your host, Ian Lepkowski. On Twitter, I am at K-O-W-S-K-Y underscore E-T-H, as in the first three letters in Ethereum. My ENS is Kowski.eth. Today, we always start the show by thanking God and the universe and source, or however you want to call it, for providing whatever magic brings these guests to the show, gets them to say yes, gets them to share their life lessons with us, their positivity, their passions, and share their journey. Obviously, we also thank the guest. Today, we want to thank Lost Boy Tim for coming on the show and agreeing to talk to us and let everybody listen. Not everyone's comfortable with that, but Lost Boy Tim is today, so we appreciate Lost Boy Tim for that. His Twitter handle is at LostBoyTim underscore NFT. That is L-O-S-T-B-O-Y-T-I-M underscore N-F-T. That's Lost Boy Tim. His Twitter bio reads, it's fun, or art, it's a little art emoji, goes art, it's fun. Then there's a computer and it goes Web3 Enthusiast. Then it's a little coffee and it's Mugly's Drinks. And then we got Disney 90s Baby, which I am also a Disney 90s Baby. So what up? Disney fucking 90s Babies in the house. Motherfucking represent. Uh, But Tim, you know, if you want to give a little bit more explanation, introduce yourself beyond the bio. But how are you doing today and how are you doing in general? I'm not too bad, mate. How the hell are you? I'm doing pretty fucking uh, fabulous here. I'm just, uh, you know... Living life, I got a new baby. She's about, you know, three months old. I'm going through the journey of being a new father. She'll technically be uh, three months and six days. So, you know, that's that's where I'm at. Um, you know, what what about you? What's what's your kind of where are you at in life right now? Well, uh, the funny thing is, I spent so much time changing my bio for this for this podcast because as soon as I saw you were going to read the bio, I thought, what actually defines me? And uh, I mixed it up a little bit. I definitely threw in the Disney's Nights baby in there because that is that is currently my focus on life. As in, I am a Disney crazy, but it's just I suppose what drove me to the web free side. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But no, um, the name's Lost Boy Tim. So I've always been in the balance of finding myself, and I still am finding myself, which is why it's still Lost Boy Tim. But Am I in a happy place? I'm definitely in my happy place right now. Um, I've got a lot of gratitude. I've got a lot of um, balance at the minute. Uh, But no, I'm happy is all I'll say. Very happy. Well, I'm happy to hear you're happy because the show is about positivity and passion. I love to hear that you took the time to look at your bio and ask that question of what defines you. You know, everyone has a bio. Not everybody thinks so much about it. Some people don't remember when they made it and then it's just there and they don't really care about it. If you're, you know, trying to network though, it is a good idea to have an updated bio that does represent you. So hopefully that helped you out that I asked and you kind of honed it down. Um, That sounds like a positive thing to me. Now, Going just, you know, kind of through your bio here, you know, you're talking about art, you got this project, you know, Mugly's Drinks, I feel that's, you know, what you're leading with here, that's your PFP, so I'm thinking unless, you know, you want to talk about Disney first or however you want to do it, but, uh, you know, whatever you want to jump in, and maybe we'll talk about this Mugly here. Right, so what we'll do, we'll start with Mugly, it's only based on the fact that, yeah, I have changed it to my PFP, only because, again, just thinking forward, I thought, well, I'm going to be talking about me, I'm going to be showing off what what this means to me so if you pull up someone's social media account as in their personal you're going to look at the picture you're going to look at the family behind them 
and you're going to assess this person based on what you can see. So me changing my bio, me changing my PFP um, definitely was a play to to start the right thing off because this is my, this is my first time on Spaces. This is my first time as a co-host. This is the first time I've really had the chance to get myself out there and say hello to the world, I suppose. Um, but no, um, the, the, the Muggly's Drinks is my bridge from Web 2 to Web 3. Um, I've always been playing around with art. So obviously I've been a massive Disney fan since growing up. So if you look at the Muggly's Drinks as in the actual products, the products themselves are just full of Disney, Disney representative, Disney imagined, Disney inspired by artwork. But obviously we've, Developed this character. We've developed the character Mugglies in a somewhat Disney animated style, but also to branch that off into a Web3 project, which is what I'm obviously working on right now. Now, question for you. Do you have to, um, like, be careful about using Disney's name or, like, like how much, like, it's Disney inspired, right? Like, there's no affiliation. Like, you guys make that clear. Like, I don't want you getting any legal trouble or anything. No, like no, that. no. So, um, bit of background story my partner has actually got her own clothing business she's been she's been open since 2017 now she's never had any issues with that because it's all again it's always been inspired by artwork if you start really looking into the detail you think okay this this character representative there's no use of character name um a bit like we've got a winnie the pooh hot chocolate at the minute and my partner's just got Winnie the Pooh inspired clothing. But if you look at it, we've just got honey pots, we've got bumblebees, we've got um a signpost, we've got hearts, but you know, it's all representative artwork. It's not direct. Um now people do go direct. If you if you were to type in um Mickey Mouse T shirt, you'd probably see a, a a knockoff, you know, backyard sale of um, an image someone's taken straight off Google and thrown it onto a T-shirt, but that's not what we're about. It's it's me trying to put a spin on what I love, and I can't I can't get out of that mindset of creating something that's brand new, but working on something that's inspired by, and that's why I'll always look at using the word inspired by or imagined on or represented. So yeah, no, you do have to be careful. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I will be very publicly and say, look, it is Disney inspired. I'm not trying to hide that, but I'm also trying to, you know, stay on the right side of that. Yeah. Now, it's funny you pick Winnie the Pooh as an example, because I think Winnie the Pooh actually is the one that's the exception to the rule. I don't know. And I don't want to speak out of my depth, but I don't know if you heard about this. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. came out with a fucking Winnie the Pooh horror movie because I think their copyright, if that's what the right term is, expired. Like they're only for a certain period of time and it's not like forever or eternity. And then once that's up, like anyone could use it and it's like free public use. So I, I think you can do whatever the fuck you want with Winnie the Pooh now. You could make him a serial killer like the movie. You could go <laughs> on with the positive thing. You could make him a plumber and put him in a Mario type world as long as you don't, you know, copy their IP. But, you know, I, I don't know, right? Like, is that, did you hear about that? That's, do you, do you know more than I know about that or about what I know? Yeah. So it's Winnie the Pooh is, as a bear or as a character, so as in like based on the, what the original books were, Winnie the Pooh's basically gone into the public domain. So you can use the name openly Winnie the Pooh and you can put a bear, as you say, in an outfit. Um, but you've just got to look at the IP that Disney own of Winnie the Pooh, as we know, in a red crop top. You can't directly use that side of Winnie the Pooh, but can you create a character called Winnie the Pooh who's yellow with a, a red hat instead of a red crop top? Well, yeah, 
apparently you can't. Apparently, there's, there's as soon as it hit, it hits public domain, it's a different story. But Disney have still got that IP over their character based on the looks and you know how their character acts and behaves. But um, again, that's why that movie that is about winning the Pooh being a serial killer isn't the same looking character we see in the Disney movies now. Um, there's also a there's also a character in there still called Piglet with it within the horror movie. So again, they've they've still branched out on the characters, but because it's part of public domain and they've changed the way the character looks and the character isn't the lovable little pig, it's actual serial killer. But yeah, so um, when it goes to public domain, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different story, right? And I think Piglet. I don't know if you could copy because Piglet's a term, right? Piglet's a baby pig. So like, there's things you can't copy. But like, like, and this is funny too. We bring this up. I literally, I didn't know this was a thing. I bought a box, or my wife bought a box of Frosted Flakes, and it's great value Frosted Flakes. But it's not the fucking, um, you know, more than good. You're great, Tony the Tiger, bro. It's literally just Frosted Flakes, and I'm like. Is that fucking legal? And I think it is because Frosted Flakes is a it's a description of what they are. So I think I, I don't know. I just I was surprised the box existed and got into our house. I was like, where's Tony? It's a fucking polar bear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I guess it's if, if it's a broad enough term like Piglet, you could use it. Now, let me let me ask you this. Are you doing the art for the mugs or who's doing the art? Like who created these images? Yeah, so um, I, I, I've done 99 percent of the artwork. I've just had it. Um, commissioned as in layered, so all the all the PFPs that I've got for the um, like I've got 101 NFTs at the minute for the project. Um, the only thing I've not done myself is have them layered. But no, I've been very much hands on with every aspect of the project. That's why it's a small project because it's just me and it's just what I want to put my time into. Um, but the the idea by by the character was just to put my own spin on what I want to do with the project because as I've said I'm looking at you know a lot of the products that we're making at the minute we've got hot chocolates tea bringing out a coffee range the artworks all Disney inspired but we want to add a character or a mascot to a point to to the brand and start branching off in that way of you know combining the two um but with 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 um with the designs on the actual products, as in, if you look at the um, what we've got, I've got a few on the feed. We've got the hot chocolates, which we've got the Mickey Mouse inspired artwork, Winnie the Pooh inspired artwork, um, Disney villains inspired artwork. Um, a lot of that have actually been pulled from old designs or existing designs from my partner's business. So what she's got embroidered onto clothes or printed onto clothes, um, they're all her original designs. Um, some of which I've worked on, some of which I've just copied over, put into a new a, a new spread and made a new design with it. Um, but no, it is all very much original. There's no outsourcing, which is why it's a slow and continuous build and what we want to do with it. But um, yeah, everything is very much in home and it always has been. And um, this is the point about my business, the, the business side of it is... Um, my partner's business, she's always made everything in home and that's probably what's inspired me to to not branch out and obviously get hands-on with everything. I, I love it. I love the uh, hands-on aspect. You're the creator. You know, you're doing a lot of, you know, everything yourself. At some point, you might have to, like, if it gets too big, you know, get some people in. But that's what you do when you're a founder, man. You wear 100 different hats, so you're taking the right approach, I think. Now, we're kind of going broad to specific here, which is, I mean, the way to do it. But, like, I think we're at the point, like, what is Mugly? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is there, like, utility? Like, what's the project? Like, you know, what's the mint? What's the price? Like, what 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 is all the kind of... um 
consumer like relevant details about your project? Right. Well, it's one of them where everyone loves a story. So obviously I've grown up with Disney. So I'm surrounded by stories. I'm surrounded by this would not make sense in a real life situation, but this is what's going on. Um, so let me just start with, so I started Mugglies as a brand. I started Mugglies um, for tea, a very typically British thing to do, but it was it was a tea brand. And if you look at the, if I could show you the original artwork, which I've still got now. Hey, just, for, to, just to clarify, it was a tea brand before it was an NFT brand right that's that's exactly what it was it I'm was sorry, just i gotta make the dad jokes I, i'm a, i'm a recent father i told you i can't it's, it's corny i hope it hurt it was missing the first two letters and i thought that's what really needed to bring it live the nft side not just the t side <laughs> so no um it, it was a tea project because i i am a sucker for tea i will wake up with a cup of tea go to bed with a cup of tea i uh, uh yeah so it was one of them where it was to find a quality supplier um, and create this quality brand, but it just didn't feel like me when I was designing the packaging. It was a bit bland. Um, so that's when I spoke to my partner. I said, look, can I start using some old projects, some old artwork to create another sector? So that's when I moved on to hot chocolate, which is called Magic Cocoa, because obviously we're trying to use the old Disney-inspired. So instead of referring to it as hot chocolate, I'll refer to it as Magic Cocoa. Um, and that's when it really got driven by, you know, the, the actual art and the branding side became a bit more clearer that I didn't want it to be this boring tea brand that I'd started by creating. And that's when I started to look at, OK, something's missing because um, I was using or sharing artwork with my partner. So she was making it onto a clothing and I was obviously bringing it over to my side of what I wanted to do with it. Um, and that's why I decided to create this character. Um, the character himself is called Mugglies, but what I've now done is created a story um, about how Mugglies, he's, he's got a dad, his dad's a professor, his dad created what is basically the um, the virtual version of Mugglies and Mugglies world and this planet that doesn't actually exist. But, um, but no, I've created this submersive story, so the professor's been kidnapped or the professor's gone into hiding. That's not actually been revealed. So I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but all you've got to do at the minute is claim one of these Mugglies companions, claim a passport, which will be uh, both be a free mint. Um, and we've got some locations for, for you to visit with your companion, with your passport. And again, those lake locations are going to be, like a Disney themed Muggly verse. It's it's a com it's a combination of everything. It's 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 a story that does not make sense in real life, but when you look at it, it's all animation, it's all drawn, um, and it is very it has been very fun. And that's why my bio, the first thing in my bio says it's fun, because that's that's what's driving me now. It's become a fun thing to do. Now, are these physical locations or these metaverse locations? Like, do you go to like, um, I don't know, like there's like coffee shops you have contracts with or tea shops and you get like a free cup of tea where it's like a metaverse thing or like what what exactly do you mean by that? So it's a it's a real mix of both, because obviously, as 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 previously spoken to yourself, I'm from the UK. I know a lot of people I've connected with are US. Um, so for me to offer offer physical locations or physical products to claim directly aren't the best thing when it's international um however i have got a few things 
or a few uh, conversations that have been had and confirmed that I'm not going to share publicly because we're not at that stage of the project um, where, yeah, there is physical claims, there is going to be physical locations, but to keep it as NFT, um, there is there is locations, metaverse, um, there'll be other head drops of locations that will be refreshed, so it'll be you'll have your passport, you'll have your Muggly's companion, you'll have your location and you'll be able to put those three together to create your own stories, to create your own background. Um, because the plan is everyone gets to visit five different locations um, virtually, as in you will take your Muggly's character, but you'll be able to customise it and you'll be able to put them in these different scenarios um, almost to find clues to find where this professor is. Um, but all this, all this has already been outlined in a um, a brief story I've put together on a roadmap. But um, again, it's it's all early doors. It's all me getting all these thoughts out of my head and making it all make sense. So everyone who's already included now and who's already taken part and have got their three min claims, you know, they're all part of the teething process. So some of it doesn't make sense right now. Um, but that's the fun part. It's just getting it out there until it really, really all comes together. And to clarify, like you said, it's free minting now, right? So people could still mint it. And like, how many, like, where is the mint capped at? Like, what's the mint details? So at the minute, there is 101 of the um, Mugglies companions. So uh, some of them got airdrops already. Um, some of them were claimed by what were called premium passport holders. So I needed to do a bit of a test on how. Um, metadata would work with a project the early doors of the project so i reached out to people openly on twitter and just said luke will you just basically give me a wallet let me drop something in it and we'll go from there so i dropped in what were called premium passports now those premium passports don't mean anything right now but it gave me the opportunity to obviously understand how the whole thing were web free and dropping and the metadata, especially the background, the background of it and making sure everything made perfect sense before it was submitted and people were able to mint. Um, but no, there is, I can, I can check, I can check soon, but basically there is 101 available. As of this morning, there was about 41 left to claim, um, but it is a free mint and it closes on the 28th of March. So there's the rest of March for people to get involved. But even after then, whatever is left over will just be dropped to my own wallet so they're not going to get lost so there's always going to be 101 companions each companion will need a passport so there will be 101 passports um each with different um rarities so there'll be premium and a gold passport um so what you'll do is you'll get your muggler's companion they'll get a passport that passport allows you to visit a location now if you've got a premium passport and you don't like your location obviously these aren't physical locations the virtual if you don't like your virtual location you'll be able to refresh it with your premium passport once but if someone's got a golden passport they'll be able to visit any any location um, but again those locations mixed with your companion are going to give you a bit of a utility this there's always a fun side to it there's always going to be some sort of physical claim um, it's not always determined which location or which companion is going to get it but it's all about telling a story. So I'm trying to tell a story here um, virtually without actually picking someone's hand up and taking them anywhere. I'm just going to let 101 people or 101 chances anyway to take people on different journeys because they'll have a different passport. They'll have a different companion. 
Um, Because all companions have got different expressions, different backgrounds, so all 101 are going to be unique. Um, And there'll be, I think I've capped out at 50 different locations at the minute, so everyone's going to have a different story. Um, Ultimately, we're going to be finding the professor. That's what's what, this is what it was all about. Um, But again, they are going to be Disney-inspired locations, so I have made a Mugley's Land, just like Disneyland. Um, and that is going to be a fun location to explore if anyone ever had, uh, has the chance to. And again, that's a metaverse location? Yeah, so that's going to be a metaverse location. It's not going to be um, physical, except from it could be in the, you know, in the very distant future if all goes well. Um, but no, it's all about artwork. It's all about the artwork. It's all going to be within animation. So um, the reason why there's going to be so many different NFTs. So you've got to have this, this, and this, which will all be free mints, is to bring it all together to create this animated um, sort of GIF. Some of them will be videos. Um, But the way I've been able to figure it all out is just by having people just openly being able to drop stuff in their wallets um, and just having a play with it. So again, it's fun. It's all been a fun process so far. And obviously... Uh, it's very early doors. Um, I'm not promoting it much. I'm not, you know, speaking to bloggers or influencers because I don't want to promise too much too early. That's why it's only 101 um, because it's meant to be a fun project. It's meant to be something that I want to just work on long term um, and combine my own little world of of Mugglies with my love for Disney, I suppose. Yeah, I love it. I I love the uh, the idea of the project. I love that you have a story. It's a storytelling NFT that's big in the NFT world. You're passionate about the art. Um, you know, you have an idea of where it could go in the far future. You have short term goals. So I think you know. I think it sounds cool and interesting. I definitely want to check it out. I mean, if it's still minting free, if people didn't hear this and fucking clear them all out, I think I'm gonna check it out after this. See if I could cop one because um, it sounds like legit. And you know. I, I know there's some U.S. stuff, some not, but, you know, it could grow over time. So, you know, I'm kind of excited about that, especially for a free mint. Now, you've answered every question I've asked so far rather well. You don't really sound like um, you're someone who's lost. You know, you sound like kind of, you know, where you're going. But you are Lost Boy Tim. So, like, why are you lost? Why are you the Lost Boy Tim? <laughs> I see. That's a that's a good question because um, I feel like it's the uh, the confidence of, you know, so I'm talking about something I've got a passion for right now when I'm trying to surround myself within Twitter. So I've, I've capped on this year. So last year I wasn't big on what I was trying to do. It was all working in the background. But now I've got to a stage with this project, um, but also with my this my actual Lost Boy Tim Twitter to grow them both. So I'm, I'm slowly surrounding myself with people I want to be around. But... Um, and people who understand me because I haven't got really many friends in, in in real life or if anyone I could name that understands what I'm talking about right now. Whereas someone like yourself, you're you're listening to what I'm saying and you're going, actually, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's it's it's, it's all a it's all a load of mumble jumble, but no, it absolutely makes sense. Um, I've really struggled to find. So I made I made my Twitter originally probably. I don't know. I want to say at the start of 2022, maybe the end of 21. Um, and that's when I really felt lost. I really felt I didn't know where I wanted to go in life. I really didn't know what my next step was going to be. Um, 
I wanted to have fun with something that made sense to me was probably going to be profitable. So it, it's not all about, you know, it's not just a project on the side. It's it's a full-time vibe. It's something that you can get into. Um, as I said, my partner, she's got her own business. She's always been self-sufficient. And I, I see her as a role model. I really do. I don't think she understands that. But um, she's worked hard for what she's got. She she was able to to take it on full-time quite early on. Um, and she now has has got this business which is growing and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking she knows she knows where she wants to be because she's so excited and I was just looking around I thought what do I want to do what 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 do I want to be um what legacy can I leave behind if ever I need to um and that's why it's lost boy Tim because I I felt so lost for so long just trying to find my find who I really was I suppose deep inside so would it would it be fair to say that at the beginning of your journey you were like particularly lost or more lost compared to where you are now and now it even sounds like you still feel like you're a little bit lost finding your way but i would say you know you you don't sound so lost now to me maybe you feel like that like like you said cuz you're you're spitting out you know what's on your mind and people aren't really reflecting it back to you so it's like Maybe it causes confusion, but yeah, I hope, I hope talking to me, like, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people. I've talked about a bunch of projects. I also do, um, earlier today, I do like a gaming weekly, uh, pod, uh, not podcast, uh, forum, Twitter space where I'm like one of the co-hosts instead of the host. And, you know, people talk about their project. So I've had kind of like a lot of different people in my ear about this and, you know, yours makes sense. You never know how big or small something's going to go or if it's going to fail or succeed, but sometimes you ask questions and people can't even answer them. And you're kind of like, all right, I don't know, you know, how long term this is, but you're going to have to, you know, have I'm not going to be the only one to ask you this question. You're going to need answers. So, you've yet to be stumped by a question I've, I've asked you. I don't think you sound lost. So, I would my way I would say it is, you know, you started lost, but you're rapidly finding your way here. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely hitting the nail on the head there. And and I suppose that's why I've looked at shifting my posts on Twitter as in on this one really just to to start that motivation. So um, I think it was probably February 22. Um, I actually minted, it was probably about 15 different um, NFTs. And what those NFTs were, they were called Lost Boy. Um, and no, they were called Sadbox, Sadbox by Lost Boy. And what they were, they were just 15 different NFTs to do with mental health. Um, because at the time, that's what I was, that was on my mind. I wanted to really connect with people who, were going through a struggle who who felt like me and they were lost um i never did anything with that project but those nfts are still there they're still floating around somewhere on OpenSea. um it was just a small project i was going to cut start called sadbox um i lost interest in it so i sacked off the idea but no i minted i minted them i left them on there um and i suppose that was when i really started to think okay well i've had a little bit of fun with that artwork creating those there wasn't much don't get me wrong but and that's when I really, yeah, I really shifted myself into gear. So I've started to look at trying to post positive tweets, trying to get onto that side of positivity because um, it's nice to be able to reach out to people who need it, I suppose, who need that little bit of a push. But going back to the old thing about being able to reply to comments about the project that I'm working on, it's because I, I just think about people who overpromise, people who don't promise anything so you know, there's collections out there of a 10,000, 10,000 um, 
individual NFTs, which will offer no utility. It'll just be a PFP. It'll just be, here's a mint. You know, a lot of Ethereum goes through it and that was it. But I also looked at the other side of, okay, let's let's look at getting a small project on the go. And I've not promised all that much other than a great story and a great journey and several more airdrops to several people. But it's also, I, I saw a thing about, you know, to be able to build a project is you've got to have a strong community, which at the minute is very early doors for me. So I haven't really built much, but I've just got a few people from a few different spaces. I've obviously connected with a hell of a lot of people from the VFriends community. Um, another one is funds to support the project. So obviously people can't overpromise um, and hope that it's going to blow. So if you don't go to um, a $1,500 price tag, and it's part of your roadmap that that was going to happen and you're stuck at $100, then your funds aren't going to be where they are. So at the minute, I haven't really put much effort into just self-sourcing as much as I can. Um, So it's one of them where, so utility for my projects, I could change the idea and say, well, I'm already working on selling hot chocolate and coffee and tea. So there you go. There's utility straight away. It, it was always going to be there because that's what the other side of Mugly's project was. It, it was a tree brand. It's now an NFT project, but combining the two together offers a, a clear utility. But that, that's not what I'm going for. But I'm just saying there was no way I was ever going to overpromise or underpromise. So I've always been careful with what I've said or what I've outlined, even if it was just messaging. Um, but no, I th- and I think that's why I don't struggle because I... I wouldn't say over-evaluate, but I, I I have to evaluate things and make sure I know what I'm saying and make sure it makes sense to me before I let someone else, you know, really take it on. Yeah, and I again, I you know, I think it's interesting this juxtaposition between like Lost Boy Tim and the guy I'm talking to now, who is Lost Boy <laughs> Tim, who has all the answers and like very detailed and thorough answers. Um, let me ask another question on that though. So. Like, you're an artist, you're going for your dreams, you're going for your passion, like, you're inspired, you know, you're inspired by Disney, you're working in, like, you know, your childhood energy, which is, like, people always say, like, if you don't know what you want to do, ask yourself, what did you want to do as a kid? Because that's when you were, like, your youest you, your truest self, or, you know, that's not maybe the answer for everybody, but that's, like, one way to find your passion. So you have that aspect in there, you know, you have, like, you know, the tea part of it, so it's, like, there's the kid aspect, there's the adult aspect, and also, you know, kids kids can drink tea, but usually more it's adults, I think, drink tea, but, you know, I'm just saying, you have the fusion in there. My question out of this, though, is, like, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's different in the UK. In America, like, I don't know, 90% of parents, if you're growing up and you're, like, doing art as a kid, they tell you, don't be a fucking artist, you idiot. Like, you need to be, like, a doctor or a lawyer or something. Art is, art is for fools. You'll never make a career in art. Or, you know, I don't know what percentage. My parents were definitely like that when I was drawing as a kid. And, you know, I ended up, like becoming an artist anyway but it's not my primary career but i i eventually found the courage to go for it so how did you and especially since you're saying you felt lost in the beginning where did you find the courage did you have this opposition did you have like very supportive parents early in life like were they like yeah go for art fuck all those other people or did you have to overcome that like how did how did you get through what would have been a barrier for other people yeah i think i think that's a good question it's a very good mix of the two um no one ever really pushed me to do something, which was there's pros and cons behind that because 
I was always looking for someone to say, yeah, that's the right idea, especially when I was um, pre-teens very early on, when you're at a choice in life of what you want to do or what you want to start doing, so what you want to learn at school um, and how that's going to shape you for your further education and how that's going to let you progress into a career. Um, So I was um, always into art growing up. So when I was a kid, so I'd, I drew, I draw silly cartoons. I draw, I draw, um, draw worms, cartoon worms, a bit like the the, the worm from the games of all things, um, with, the, with the big eyes. And it was always anything with big eyes. It Wait, really... like like Earthworm Jim? Is that one of your inspirations? You know who that is? Yeah, I do know who that is. Of all, love oh, <laughs> um, But no, exactly like that. Um, it was always things with big eyes. I was always drawing things big, with big eyes. So if you look at um, one of the Mugliest characters, the one where he's happy, his eyes are massive, his eyes are wide open, and that's what I was always drawing as a kid. Um, but that was probably 10 and below. And then so from being 10 onwards, um, I think I started wanting to be a chef. So I was going down that route of, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, I want to be a chef. I want you to get into, you know, culinary school. Um, but there was a family member in the background who was like, you know, you, you can do better than this. You're acing at maths. You're, you're learning a language. You could do something with that. Um, so there was always the balance of do what you want, but you could do better uh, in the back of my mindset. Um, and it wasn't, it, I, I don't think it was ever meant to come across negative, but it, it was a negative impact for me to think, well, I, you know, I, want, I wanted to do this. I wanted to train to be a chef. It was a passion. Um, I've always had that passion for cooking because I, I suppose in a way it was allowing me to be creative. Um, and then probably leading into my teens is when I, um, of all things, shifted my focus from art to um, writing. So writing small bits of poetry, writing songs um never was going to be a performer because i've somewhat lacked in that confidence growing up of wanting to be able to sing the songs i was writing but never really had that chance to um and then i never actually pursued the idea of training to be a chef i gave up on that um after having a back and forth of did I do the right thing or did I not, of all things, I got into food retail and became a store manager. Um, I was working full time. Um, and then of all things, I got into designing pins. And again, it fell back onto having this passion for Disney because that's when streaming became a bit of a bigger thing. Before Disney Plus, there was a thing called Disney Life in the UK. So uh, it was having that chance to watch Disney on the go all the time in the background. Um, So I I found my passion again for my love of Disney, which I was always there as a kid. And I was designing Disney-inspired pins, so collectible pin badges. And that was probably the first successful thing I felt felt like I'd achieved. I'd I'd grown a grown this small business um using just etsy and it was you know there was no ad-based thing it was literally just an open community um of, of selling these pin badges that i created and it, it literally led on back from there um there was always a passion for art growing up i always had um you know paint sets color sets um which led on to obviously actual paints and canvases and you know it meant nothing as a kid but when you look back you think well it's always been there it's always been ingrained in me 
to know, I've always had this passion for art, but I think it was always one of them, well, what the hell can I do with this? What can I do with this passion? Um, and I think that's all all part of me, again, feeling lost, just wondering what I can do and an overwhelming feeling of I don't want to be part of this mundane life. Of um, I've got a friend, he's an accountant, and I love him to bits. And he's, he's you know, he's got his nine till five, Monday to Friday. Um but I take a step back and I think it, it's, it's, it seems so robotic to me. I didn't want that kind of lifestyle. I want to be able to have this freedom and have this lifestyle that I can do something with a passion with. And that's why I felt lost because it, it was always there that I don't want to be doing what I'd led myself to do. And it was that changing path that I've, I've been trying to work on ever since. Yeah, I love to hear that. Now, th you covered a lot there. Um, a question that I feel like ties into that, and you could tell me if I'm right or wrong, but you have a lot of beautiful creative spirit. You have a lot of passion. You have a lot of positivity. You have a lot of optimism. You kind of have this like visionary kind of quality to you, this like kind of fantasy mind. Now, you didn't um, include this in your answer before when I asked you, why are you Lost Boy Tim? But part of what I was thinking when I did ask that, if I could touch back on that for a moment, is you're talking so much about Disney and how you're inspired by Disney. And I'm thinking he must know this and must just not have said it. But the Lost Boys are the fucking, you know, the the gang, the fucking boys, bro, the fucking uh, squad in Peter Pan. And, you know, the Lost Boys are, they, they decided they were never going to grow up. So, you know, they felt they, the, the thing is like, there's no lost girls, I think, because Peter Pan says girls are too smart to like fall out of their playpens and end up lost <laughs> in a land. So it's just lost boys. That's like a funny aside. But um, yeah, but the lost boys, you know, so they, they commit to like living in Lever ne uh, Neverland and they're like, we're never fucking growing up. And they form a gang and they're like all fucking about it and they go all in on it as a kid. I don't, I just, I don't know if it was Peter Pan specifically, but I said the same fucking thing, bro. I said, I'm never going to fucking grow up. I solemnly swear that no matter what the fuck happens, I'm never growing up. Like I remember as a kid, there was all these cartoons and it was always like the, like the adults and the kids and like the adults were like, so fucking like out of touch with anything happy or fun or that had fucking color in it. Like, you know, cartoons are super colorful. And then it like, you know, at certain age, it's like, no, now, now cartoons are for babies and you have to watch the news and black and white, read the newspaper. And I'm like that man, like as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, I was like, I am never going to grow up. So is part of your name and part of like all this passion that you have, like, like as a kid, did you make any sort of decision? Like I'm never fucking growing up. Or as an adult, did you kind of revert and be like, I grew up too much. I got to get back to my roots or, or am I totally overshooting this? And you, you somehow coincidentally didn't notice it was like Lost Boys Neverland, even though you love Disney. Let, let me know. Yeah, no, I, it's a real mix of the two. So it was, um, it was a, it was a subconscious thing of Luke. It was, um, for I don't know, for the last five years, I've been on a bit of a mental health journey, so the whole lost thing was that. But no, it was definitely tied in. Um, Peter Pan's nowhere near that my top film, but no, I definitely knew what I was doing by putting that in there. Um, it was to do with the lost boys ultimately of not growing up, um, in, in every way, but it's something that you've just said like it, it felt like adults in these movies that we watched growing up we're out of touch. They were so... They were distracted. fucking lame, dude. They were so distracted by, you know, s things that didn't really matter. 
things that don't matter today. And I watch people get wound up about it. And I think that there's so much, there's so much more to life than what is concerning you in this moment. And yeah, so yeah, people, people were out of touch in movies, but people are out of touch in real life. So uh, I think I've noticed that a lot more recently, I have to be honest, especially um, after the pandemic, you know, we've, we, people lost a lot through the pandemic and I look at people, you know, living now and the things they moan and complain about still or what their focus on life is. And I think you are, you are just out of touch. You're not wrong there. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. And it's not, obviously it's not, you know, you don't literally never want to grow up. Like I, I'm a father now. I have a kid, like, you know, like to some extent that is growing up, but it's what you said. It's, it's, you don't want to do the growing up that was like, kind of like negatively sold to you in all those Disney movies where the, you know, the kid is like, you know, doing a painting and he says, dad, what do you think? And he's on his cell phone or something. And he goes, it looks great, but he doesn't even look at the painting. He's like, we'll put it on the, <laughs> he just slaps it on there. He puts it like fucking backwards by accident. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you got to grow up dude like to some extent but when we say that we're not it's not like an immature thing it's not like i'm never gonna have responsibility i'm never gonna be able to feed a kid like no 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 no. we grew we grew up and i'm assuming it's same for you too we grew up in all of those ways in like the you know fiscally responsible like parentally responsible like friendship you're a good friend to your friends but in terms of fucking the idea of growing up and being an adult like having any fucking correlation to your creativity dying things being like less colorful things being less imaginative you being like less risk-taking but with a calculated way like fuck all of that right like we're definitely on the same page about that am i am i correct no no you, you've hit the nail on the head there with that one it is it is the last it is yeah the lack of the lack of color in real life i think that's the right way to put it and and having big big boy jobs and grown-up jobs and um growing up as in maturing and losing all your sense of fun uh, that that's what growing up meant as a kid it, it was doing doing adult things and not having the sense of you know we can still watch these movies we enjoyed as a kid and we can still look at action figures and um you know all these things now as adults but there is probably people who don't there's people who don't find the fun in what they used to do Exactly. And NFTs are bringing that back for the people who like, you know, grew up and like got too boring or never did. NFTs is like the place, in my opinion, you know, for those people, because that's that's what we're out here doing. We're re-embracing our passions. Um, now, let me ask you this. Is there anything that like in your life, like across this journey, like, you, you know, you've said you felt lost and like, you know, you've you've been less confident and more confident. Is there something or like at any turning points where you achieved something where you were like, I don't know. I thought I would never be able to do this, but you went for it and you did it. And that kind of spurred you on um, and catalyzed like the rest of your growth to a point where you were like, wow, I'm really surprised. I impressed myself. And now I have like a new confidence. Like, you know, if you don't, it's okay. Well, I'll ask another, but I feel like it sounds like you do. Am I right? Yeah. Um, no, I, it, it's, it's, it's come from the boring side of my life though. And that's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to call it as because um I've worked in food retail for like since since I left school. Since I didn't know what I was doing, I I got a part time job in food retail, um, and worked my up, way up through the ranks and was a store manager. And now I was in charge of in charge of I, I want to say thirty people in total. Um, at the age of twenty one was when I was when I became a store manager. Now, 
I was dealing with people from all walks of life, people, you know, mostly older than me, you know, by decades. Um, I, I guess that's when I had to, you know, reassure myself of confidence because I was having to have difficult conversations with people, whether it was personal, whether it was work-related, whether it was performance-wise. Um, but that's probably when I realised what I was as a manager, as a person. So I was a manager um, with people working for people. So people weren't working for me as a boss. They were working for me as a mate, a friend. Um, you know, they, they weren't getting a boss. They were getting a manager. I was doing my job. They were doing their job. And um, it was probably letting people understand that you can have fun at work. And I think this is what everything I try and look at is, you know, we're all here for such a short time on earth and there's no point being miserable about it there's no point you know making life misery um I, I i had managers when i when when i left school when i first got my job i had managers who were bosses people people who sat down didn't do much um i didn't i didn't want to be that type of role model i didn't want to be that person who was talked about who was moaned about who took all the um you know, took all the, the gold for, for tasks that people had done. Um, I, you know, I was always a people person. I still am a people person. But I think that that stepping stone in my career, which is boring, don't get me wrong, it's not what I looked up as a kid and said, I want to I wanna be this guy with a tie and, you know, everything we've just said that we didn't want to become, I have ultimately become and want to be a part of my past, not my presence. And again, I didn't become the out-of-touch person. I became the fun person <laughs> with a proper job. Um, and I think that's probably where I've got confidence from. I think that's where my sense of achievement came from because I did always see myself as a shy person. I did always see myself as, I can't do this. I can't speak to people. I can't manage real situations that matters um but no I, I think that's probably where it all came from being able to work my way up to a business um where somebody looks at me and says you are someone you're going to be someone one day um someone who you know who had the confidence in me that I'd never had the confidence in myself is probably what started it all off and that's when I took those skills and that mindset to think well how can I grow a life outside of the job that was meant to be part-time, but I was there for 10 years wondering how I was ever going to get out. Um, but yeah, I'll take pride on never becoming the out-of-touch person that I didn't want to be as a kid anyway. That's all I will say. I love that. So what I'm hearing is to a large extent, you know, you did kind of actualize who you wanted to be as a kid and you didn't get deterred from the journey. And, you know, to my question, there was a point where there was like, you know, fear and doubt and uncertainty, but you stayed the course, you overcame that obstacle. And now you feel, you know, still finding your way, like you said, but you have a sense of confidence in what you're doing. Kind of like, um, like a double uh, click or like a piggyback on that last question. Um, and I'll also clarify, like, I don't believe in regret. I believe like, you know, whatever you went through in life, like, you know, that was your life, dude. Like, what's the point of regret? You can't time travel. So regret's kind of dumb. Like you could only, you could only take it as a lesson and then like apply that going forward. Right. So like, okay, you could feel regret, but what are you going to do with it? Like, don't perseverate on regret, like, but not, not from a regretful standpoint. Right. So this is not why I'm asking it. That's why I clarify, like, 
you know, I'll phrase the question like this, but it's also like, I'm going to ask, is there, is there something that if you could time travel, you would go back or, or not if there's something, what would you go back and time travel and tell your younger self as like reinforcement throughout the journey? Um, but not as like, oh, I wish this regret, not from a negative angle, but like, like, like also to say, if there's a kid listening today or someone young or whoever, someone who's just starting and, you know, so you're advising yourself, but also kind of like in a broad way where you might be advising anyone who's kind of like was in your shoes. What would you say to them? Well, before I answer that, I'm actually just going to put a spin on the regret. Now, I always look at not regretting something I didn't do. So I will go in and do something and try and regret doing it rather than regret not knowing what would have happened, if that kind of makes sense. I'd rather try something and regret trying it and, you know, not regret trying it, but there's been a negative outcome than regret never doing it at all and sitting there thinking, well, what would have happened or what could have become? Um, but regret, regret in that sense is what, I know it's. I know it's not what you're trying to say, Wait, but yeah, real quick. I meant it the same. You're very semantical in there, but I meant yeah. it the same way you meant it. Like if you if you do the thing and regret it after, to me, I just like it's just semantics. But to me, that's a lesson, not a regret. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Like, so I, I agree with you. We're just saying it different. But go ahead. No, um, I think it's probably wasting a bit of time when I didn't realize I was wasting time because, um. As previously mentioned, I, I was training for three years to become a chef. Um, again, it had a bit of an artistic flair, and I was messing around with desserts more than anything. Um, I even had a small cupcake company when I was 16 years old, um, making cupcakes, and it was all about the frosting. It was all about the decoration on top. Um, the cakes could be, the the cake could have looked absolutely knackered and probably were burnt inside, but putting that frosting and icing and decoration on top. Um, after that, going to college for three years, doing catering and realising it wasn't for me, those three years I don't take any value from. And as much as I can look at and say, I learnt this, I learnt that, um, I didn't. I, I can remember um, bunking off with a guy who I went I went to college with. We, we would just take the day off instead of, and we'd go on day trips and I, I I'd regret doing that in that sense of what we're talking about because I can't add value from what I took from that other than a few memories. Um, but realizing that I probably shouldn't have taken catering because um, it, it, it was never for me in the end. It was, wasn't the lifestyle I wanted to live, but I just enjoyed cooking. So I, would, I wonder why I never just stayed on the path of, um, you know, making cupcakes and, making that as a business because I gave that up so I could focus on college, but also the part-time job. Um, but other than that, there's not much I can look at and say, um, I've not learned from, um, I've had, I've had my share of failed relationships. I've had my fair share of bad experiences. Um, and it was probably because of a, a failed relationship that I met my current partner, who has absolutely changed my world. So again, I can't regret those because without those being a negative impact, I, I couldn't have had the positive impact. Um, so yeah, that, that's it really on that. Yeah. And if I could just kind of uh, recap that from my perspective, you know, what I'm hearing is 
if you kind of could go back and time travel and tell your younger self or someone young now, it would be, you know, really, really take the time to have the self-awareness to get in touch with uh, what your true passion is. And don't let yourself get distracted to some extent by like other things that you think are maybe more plausible, but not as deep of a passion. And, you know, kind of like let go of the fear, believe in yourself, you know, dream the impossible dream, dream it right from the beginning. Don't feel like you have to do something, quote unquote, practical, you know, until first you go after your you know go after your dream have that be the plan a you know if it fails it fails and you have to change you have to change but in the beginning don't be like all right i don't want to go after this i'm going to do cooking because it sounds safer or something no fuck it start early do the dangerous thing you know go after the fucking big piece of the pie that's am, am i hearing it right yeah no that that's absolutely it it was it was to me being at an age where i didn't understand what i was going to do with what i wanted to do like you say, like how can I do something practical with it? And and yeah, stay true to your passions is 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 exactly it. Um, I very much shifted the course of what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, and I I lost my passion. I lost passion in what I was working on, what I was um, learning about when I was when I was at college. I, I, there was no, there was no passion. You've you've hit the nail on the head there again. Fuck yeah, baby. And that's that's the message of the podcast, dude. So you're right on par for the course here because it's all about passion and positivity. I always tell people, follow your passion, follow your intuition, be positive. That's the you know, short recipe for life. Obviously, there's other steps in the middle, but like you follow those three, you'll be pretty fucking good. Now, Tim, I love everything you've said so far. I mentioned this uh, when we were setting this up. But the last 10 minutes, we, if you like, reserve for uh, like a highlighted sunshine self-promotion. So I know you already talked about Mugly in your project. Uh, so you could either talk a little bit more about that if you want. We could just, I could just ask other questions. We could finish out the conversation another way. But if you'd like, I'd like to give you, you know, the opportunity all guests have, which is like, you know, if you want to direct people to the link. I don't know if you have like, you know, a TikTok or like other socials that we didn't mention. You want to tell people, hey, follow me here, here, and here. If you're going to add a link tree to your bio within the next few days, you can say, look out for that. Or if you need help with that, I'll help you with that or whatever you want to do. But do you want to give a little self shout out? Yeah, I'll um, I'll just say, look, to anyone who is listening, past or present in the future, and, um, and just say, look, there is always going to be an official link in my bio. I'm not going to share the link in comments because I know people – there's lots of scammers out there who will post a sneaky one under it after. Um, no, there'll always be a link in my bio um, to a current Mugglies project or at least something that I'm going to be getting hands-on and involved with. Um, there is a at Mugglies Drinks Twitter, um, which I recommend just following. Um, it's not going to be much fun for you at the minute other than for me to say until the 28th of March, you can claim a free Mugglies NFT, which will take you on an adventure. It will be a virtual adventure. There will be virtual gifts. There will be physical gifts. Um, any mint will be a free mint. Um, some people will be getting airdrops. Um, so, yeah, just look, just keep an eye out for that. I don't want to give much more away. Um, there's a roadmap already um, on out there, if you click the link in my bio, there's a roadmap link within that link. Um, there's a big button that says roadmap. There's a full story for everyone to read to see exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Um, but no, that's all I want to say, really. I suppose about the projects. I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much detail. All the information for anyone who wants to read the story. 
um, get to know the characters because there's a character called Professor Mugly. There's a character called Mugly. There's also an evil villain out there um, called Dr. Cuptler. Now, everyone's got to have an evil villain. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, everything on there, on the roadmap, um, we've got a 28-day mint, which is going on now. We've got um, some IRL hot chocolate releases coming out this month. So I've got, again, they are, they are Disney Disney inspired branding at the minute still. Um, but in April, we've got a free mint coming for the passports. Anyone who's got a premium passport will get a new premium passport. Those premium passports just allow you to visit a, a second location as well as the one that you'll be chosen for. Um, some of the some of the branding's going to get a bit of a makeover, but then there will be a coffee release. Um, now, I'm not a big coffee drinker, and that's why um, it's gone tea, hot chocolate, and coffee. But no, there will be a coffee release. There will be um, some Mugley's branded coffee. But the reason why I've left it for after the adventure of the NFT starts is because you're going to start noticing the shift in branding. Um, at the minute, if you look at it, it's very, very... I'd like to say forward. It's got a structure to it, but we're going to start including the actual Mugley's companions and the characters within the branding. Um, because if you look at the minute at the actual IRL products, it's very different to the branding of the NFTs. At the minute, it looks like two different things going on, which it is. We've got the IRL drinks, and then we've got the Mugley's drinks, actual NFTs, Um one's disney inspired the other one's not and the reason for that is just to bring the two together and that's what we're going to do through this project so if you look at if you have a look at the locations that i've already put out there we've got as mentioned before we've got mugglies land now it looks like the entrance to disneyland i've even made a video um using the disneyland 1955 opening day speech by walt disney and i've managed to edit that so it looks like the opening day for mugglies land instead um, but that's it. That's all I want to talk about. I actually just want to see um, what you've got to say about Disney in general, what your favourite film is, I was actually going to ask you. I never even got down to asking you at the start. My favourite Disney film, I think, is Aladdin. I don't know. I don't know, because there's so many new ones. As a kid, it was definitely Aladdin. I don't know if that's changed over the... Like, Encanto's really good. I, I, can't, I can't work all the new ones into my mm. head. Like I haven't thought about that yet. I'll need I'll need to message you that in a few days. I'll need to think about all the new <laughs> movies and then which ones are Disney Pixar, which ones are Disney, which one was fucking like DreamWorks that I thought was Disney, but isn't even a really Disney movie because now I'm like now everyone's copying Disney and I'm like, wait, is it you know what I mean? Some of them branch off. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but there's some studios that look like Disney and they're not. So I have to answer that. But I'm gonna fucking I'm just gonna go strong all in Aladdin, bro. Aladdin fucking guy. <laughs> See, um, Aladdin's from what's called the Disney Renaissance, so it's like a 10-year a, a period where Disney were making movies 10 years straight, which were just banger after banger after banger. And, um, yeah, my favourite films are in there. Aladdin's in there, Beauty and the Beast's in there, The Lion King's in there, um, Hercules is in there. And that's within that 10-year period, the Disney Renaissance, where that was what I grew up with. That is That is my era of Disney, and I think that's a great. that was a great time to be... Growing up, 
Yeah, man. I, I love all those films in that golden era, bro. I mean, your, your thing says 90s Disney baby. So that's that's where it hits, bro. Like that's that's all the ones that were good at that time. Lion King, of course, dude. Like fucking legendary Lion King. I saw the Lion King um on Broadway because I love the movie so much, dude. So I'm a hundred percent with that. Um, I love all I love all the ones pretty much that came out. Sleeping Beauty, and like you were talking about Beauty and the Beast, and I was looking at your cups. I I was thinking this before. Um, but yeah, it reminds me of all those little cups and the and the fucking uh candle uh thing, the the candle guy, the candlestick guy. I forget what his name is. <laughs> Whatever, Pierre. Thing, like I don't know, but. But it reminds me of the little cups and like, do your best, do your best and all that shit. So it definitely has that vibe, that positivity, that spirit to it. Um, we are in the last two minutes here. And I know I know, I just gave you the mic, but I always just say sometimes people are like, have one last thing to say. So do you have one last mic drop, one sentence? And if not, you could be like, no, I'm totally good. And then I'll lead into the outro here and, uh, you know, we'll close out. I just want to say thank you for having me, really. It's, um, it's, been, a, been, it's been a fun hour. It's good to talk to people. As I said, I haven't got any IRL people to talk to. So I really want to be big on spaces. I really want to get to have these type of conversations more often with people. So thank you for the time. Well, we may be across the water, but if you're ever uh, over here, I'm over over there, you know, I'll fucking hit you up in IRL. I'm a real motherfucker, bro. I'm, I'm IRL as it gets. You know, if you meet me, I love talking to people. I love conversations. That's why I host a podcast talking about life because that really is my passion. Just hearing other people's stories, watching movies, books, stories like real ones, fictional ones, all that type of shit experience. I like to learn from others. You know, if you you can make a hundred less mistakes if you learn from others' mistakes and not just like learn from your own. So I'm all about that. You know, just back to Echo again. Um, the Twitter he said to follow for the project is at Mugly's Drinks. That's at M-U-G-L-Y-S-D-R-I-N-K-S. It is a live mint throughout March, free mint. Uh, link is in the bio, so don't be getting confused by anything like that. 101 pieces in the collection. They'll, they'll probably be going soon. You heard it here today. It's a free mint. You got the alpha. There's not that many of us uh, in here, so we could probably all snag one if we like. I'm going to definitely check it out uh, after this closes out. You know, where where could you fucking miss, man? You got tea, you got hot chocolate, you got coffee. So if you don't fucking like one of those, bro, like you must not like hot beverages. And I, <laughs> you're all to your own. Most people like some sort of hot beverages. What, what do you do when everyone gets a coffee? You just get water? I mean, no, no judgment, dude. I, if you do, you do. But I'm just saying, this is going to be appealing to most people in some way. Most people like some sort of hot beverage. So I'm going to check it out. I think you should check it out. I think there's a lot of positivity and passion behind it. It's not some like big project that's unmanageable with making all these promises. It's a smaller size. So it's like easier to stay on top of it. Um, And Tim's going to fucking stay on top of this shit. I'm going to return the thank you back to you, Tim. I always do that. You know, we kind of close out how we close uh, open in. Um, you know, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your lessons. The show is all about passion, positivity, and gratitude. I'm incredibly grateful that you're here on the show. I'm grateful to all the listeners here. So shout out Big BT, Dylan Ray, Thomas Mortash, Boana. We got uh, Tatarine One here. Um, we had a couple people, this guy Anu, I think, uh, was in here before so shout out to everybody or if i miss somebody shout out to y'all too appreciate you coming to the show i'm always looking to provide value to the listeners so if you have any feedback for me i'm super fucking open to it there's not really uh rules on the show so if you want to you know come on and say anything uh 
you know, on another episode or something, you want to be on the show, you want to send me a DM that says like, dude, I wish you would ask more questions about like this type of stuff. Like, I love your show, but if it had this, I'd love it even more. Great, dude. Fucking that's my whole goal. I want you to love the show. Don't be, don't be a fucking stranger, man. Tell me, tell me whatever the fuck you're trying to tell me. Give me the feedback. I really appreciate it. I love it. I love you for it. Um, again, we thank God in the universe for whatever energy brings everyone here. Me, you, the guests, it lets all this shit happen. We got cell phones. We're on the internet. We're across the fucking ocean and we're talking in real time. Like my voice and your voice are being heard at the same time. Like we don't even think that's fucking magical anymore because we're fucking <laughs> digital century people, bro. But if you show that to fucking someone in London, then the fucking 1800s, bro, their head will fucking explode that you're talking to someone in fucking America, which didn't even, they barely knew about it back then. Yeah, you know, that wouldn't make any sense, would it, to them? Exactly, bro. So, you know, thank God in the world and technology and whatever for this fucking magic that, you know, seems like taken for granted to us, but it's fucking magical. I'm talking to someone from all the way across the fucking ocean in real time, and it's eight o'clock there and it's three o'clock here and we're making it fucking work. So, you know, thank you, gratitude for that. Um, you know, if you enjoyed the space, like, retweet, share, do that shit. Tell your fucking parents, your kids, your grandma, your cousins, whatever. If you didn't like it, bro, don't, you know, you don't have to do that. Fuck that. It's it's only if you like it, I'd appreciate it. Uh, and that's it. The last message here is we always close out with the same thing. And it's a message from our friend Afakasi Brand, who runs The Barbershop Spaces on Twitter. And that message is, if you haven't heard it today, you are loved. There's light and dark in the universe. But another way to see it is that even though there's two uh, dualistic forces, there's somewhere where there's a oneness and everything comes together. And that oneness created the Big Bang in the universe. And we know that, uh, you know, love often creates Big Bangs, if you can see it that way. So love, you know, creates life. And, you know, not only are you loved, but you are the conscious force of love incarnate and in a human body. So you are love itself. You are that energy. All energy is one. And that one energy is love. And that's it, man. If you have men, women, everything. I mean, man is a gender thing. All, all genders, all people. If you have not heard it today, you are loved.